T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts, michaelsflooringoutlet.com. Welcome back. It's Overnight America, and we like to bring on all kinds of different guests, and I really am looking forward to this hour, mostly because this seems to be one of the most talked about Maybe the easily most talked about conspiracy of all time. It's between this and the moon landing, but I think there's more people that talk about JFK conspiracy theories. In the author of a new book called On the Trail of Delusion, Fred Litwin, thank you so much for coming on to KMOX. Oh, thank you very much for having me. So at one point you were, you, they say, a rabid JFK conspiracy theorist. You turned it around and you wrote a book that debunks the kennedy assassination conspiracies i'm curious what led you to become a rabid conspiracy uh, conspiracy theorist to begin with well i was 18 years old and i was living in montreal canada and like many other people i was watching geraldo rivera at 11:30 at night when he played the zapruder film for the first time on national tv in the united states and when i saw kennedy's head snap backwards you know back into the left um like many other people, I wanted to know what was going on there. How do you explain the movement of Kennedy's head if an assassin was behind him? And that got me going, and I ran to the library and ran Mark Lane's Rush to Judgment, and I was hooked on the assassination. Wow. So do you live in Canada today? Y yes. Okay. So as a Canadian, did you find there were other people interested in this topic? Um, not that many. There were some, but not that many. So it was, uh, you know, I was a bit of a, a loner at the, t at the time yeah, and, and I didn't find many people interested in it. But um, yeah, the reason I bring that up is because if there wasn't a lot of people talking about it in Canada and I was curious how you brought that conversation up to other people. <laughs> oh, it was really easy. I mean, people sort of had an interest when you talked about the film and what it showed and and. Uh, People uh, didn't know that much about it, you know, or at least about the controversy. So people were interested in talking about it, and, and a lot of people wanted to know more. Yeah, and there's still a lot of people that are still seeking this, have their own theories of what could have happened there. And I also think that, in general, I don't know if this conspiracy theory will ever go away. Just a couple of years ago, President Trump declassified a bunch of JFK information. There wasn't a ton of information that was uh, like not a, a lot of new things, but there was some context put in 
but they said there was going to be more release, which I don't think ever became released. So what led you on your journey to change things for you? Was it this most recent data dump or was there other things uh, in motion before that that kind of led you to debunking some of these theories? Well, I was really firmly in the conspiracy camp until uh, the House Select Committee on Assassinations released a report in 1978 confirming that there was a conspiracy and that there was a second gunman. Um, I read the report, but I really wanted to get more information. But I was, I was in school, and I really didn't have the time to, to look into it. I was particularly interested, and in, I wanted to know why they uh, supported the single bullet theory. That is one bullet hitting both Kennedy and Connolly. And I put it out of my mind until uh, the early 90s when I was living in England, and I managed to get a CD-ROM of all the uh, House Select Committee um, material, and that caught me back into it. Um, and then I, saw, I really realized um, all the tests they had done that showed there was just one gunman. Mm-hmm. I think that back in the 90s, getting a CD, an encyclopedia CD, was like the coolest thing you can get your hands on. And there you are looking at old government documents <laughs> on CD-ROM and, was, and a 90s was, computer. It was amazing. I mean, my God, to have all the stuff on my computer and to actually see real uh, trajectory diagrams that were done in the 1970s. And uh, it really blew my mind when I was reading some of this stuff. Sure. So that is what turns you around, government documents and and studies that were conducted by the government? It was all the testing. The the second investigation, they did every scientific test they can do, ballistics, uh, firearms, fingerprints, photographic, forensic, you name it, they did it. And every single test they did showed there was only one gunman. Yeah. So what did you learn? Is there anything different you learned from those other than their conclusions and their tests? Well, what I really learned over time is that, is that uh, you know, in, in a certain sense, a lot of people were misled in the 1960s and early 70s by some of the conspiracy theorists. And that they were not explaining things properly, and they are not providing proper context for uh, the medical evidence uh, and a whole variety of other evidence, and that once you actually looked at things more realistically, um, all the claims of conspiracy seemed to go away. Hmm. I think that when most people started to realize these existed there was that movie in the 90s was it the oliver stone movie that came out and that kind of reignited everyone's they reunited a lot of people's imaginations and things and i guess more recently i think the Mythbusters even did it once didn't they try to debunk this magic bullet theory they've done that and a lot of people have done the uh, the head snap the magic bullet theory there's been a lot of good scientific testing done in the last uh, several years I've seen the um, the car. It's at Henry Ford Museum. Have you ever made it there to see that in person? In I, I have not made it there yet. That that will be on my next trip after COVID. That'll be one of the next things. So you're in Canada now. So yeah, the, crossing the border is not that easy at the moment. No, our borders are are, are actually locked or uh, shut down right now. Yeah. So okay, now. I want to talk more about the book and and what you write about in the book and some things. And I'm curious what it takes to try to convince someone else that this is a conspiracy theory and that you can debunk some of the more uh, larger claims that they've come to know. And that's got to be a a tall task. So do you mind holding on after the break and we can do that? Sure. So the book is called On the Trail of Delusion. Fred Litwin is the author. And by the way, where can people find this now? Um, it's on Amazon and any uh, electronic uh, retailer online, and you can go to my website, 
www.onthetrailofdelusion.com. This always seems to be a very popular topic with uh, listeners whenever we talk anything conspiracy. They always mention the JFK assassination comes up, and people have different ideas on that. So if anyone listening right now has a question for Fred, text it in. Give us a text message at 314-436-7900. I'd be more than happy to read that for you. It's Overnight America KMOX. Listening to KMOX has never been easier. Siri, play KMOX. Welcome back to Overnight America. Joining us now is an author of a new book called On the Trail of Delusion, Fred Litwin, talking about the JFK conspiracy theories and theorists debunking some of those conspiracy theories. So, Fred, I wanted to talk to you about trying to change people's minds on this. I think that for the most part, it's difficult to convince people to change their mind on anything when it comes to conspiracy theories or even the JFK conspiracy theories i think that is a really tall task so is the idea of this book just to do it for your own sake insanity or are you trying to convince other people well in this book i really cover jim garrison the uh the new orleans prosecutor who tried clay shaw for conspiracy to kill kennedy in 1967 and so what i'm trying to do with this book is to show just how crazy that prosecution was and the fact that Clay Shaw was an innocent gay man who got caught up in conspiracy fever. So I'm hoping this book will sort of uh, debunk Jim Garrison and all the conspiracy theories that he espoused over the years. Mm-hmm. Uh, my previous book, I Was a Teenage JFK Conspiracy Freak, uh, debunks all the general uh, JFK conspiracy theories. And again, um, my goal here is, uh, it's, as you say, it's hard to convince hardcore people but there's a lot of people in the middle who are new to this, who are just starting out um, on this journey of looking into it. And those are the people that I think you can reach. Hmm. Why do you think this has a staying power that even so many years removed that we still talk about it the way we do? Because this is the ultimate conspiracy theory. You could use this conspiracy theory to explain everything. If you want to explain American foreign policy, you can use the JFK assassination. If you want to explain uh, uh, the military-industrial complex, if you want to explain the CIA, almost anything you want to explain, you could use the JFK assassination as your tool um, to, 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 to explain things. Mm-hmm. I would do have a text message that came in. Let me read this. It said that... Um, it has been confirmed that Lee Harvey Oswald met with the Soviets in Mexico City. Anyway, Lee Harvey was working for the Soviets when he shot Kennedy. Well, he did meet with the Soviets. He wanted to get into Cuba. And so he went down to Mexico City at the end of September to try and get a visa. Uh, of course, Oswald had defected to the Soviet Union in 1959 and came back in '62. Um, no, I don't think he was working for the Soviets. I think the Soviets might be might have been stupid. They would not have been stupid enough to try and kill Kennedy. Um, mm-hmm. So there's, there's no evidence that they were involved. Another text message. Uh, what did he feel about Oliver Stone's JFK movie at the time, and how do you feel about it now? Well, that's a very good question. When I first saw the Oliver Stone film, I was I had two I knew two things. First, it was an amazing film. I mean, all the great actors and actresses in the film, the performances, the cinematography, it was all absolutely amazing. But I knew that the story, the story of Clay Shaw and Jim Garrison, that that Oliver Stone got it completely wrong. And it's a tragedy. 
Clay Shaw was an innocent gay man who was victimized by Jim Garrison, and Oliver Stone made Clay Shaw the villain uh, in the movie again. And so it's a double tragedy, this film. It's, it's really horrible. Wow, bringing it back up that way. So when you look at it and, you know, some people, I'm trying to think of some more modern times when that has happened. Um, what's his face? Um, Clint Eastwood just did that movie about the Atlanta bombings and how they got the wrong guy and how they basically ruined the guy's life by getting the wrong guy. It seems like yep. maybe Clint Eastwood could make a movie about that and make it interesting. Somebody should make a real movie about what Oliver Stone did and what Jim Garrison did. Uh, they could use my book. It's quite a story, and it's really, really <laughs> horrific. Clay Shaw was a World War II hero. Uh, he, he won awards from medals from three different countries. He was feted in New Orleans. He uh, was a, a very interesting man who wrote plays, restored properties, and Jim Garrison ruined his life forced him to spend five years defending himself, spend all his money on his defense, and then he died of cancer. It's a very sad story. I'm wondering, um, and, and these are some good text messages that are coming in. If, if you have a question, uh, just text us at 314-436-7900. Are there any theories that you've heard that you haven't been able to debunk? Um, no. They're all very, very oh, easy to debunk, and I'm willing to debunk any theory that anybody has. Mm. That seems like there's going to be those theories that at least have a little bit of truth. And every once in a while, cool. there's like really popular podcasts like Joe Rogan. He'll bring someone on, and they'll bring out someone that raises some of these theories that sound very convincing. And you think, well, there might that might be impossible to debunk some of these, as in they're so vague, or at least they, they take the information that is out there available, but they uh, interpret it in a different way. Well, I would say the only thing that I think is possible is that did somebody, perhaps it's possible that somebody in the three days before the assassination egged Lee Harvey Oswald on. Um, that's certainly possible that somebody could have told him he should do it. Um, but of course, he was a loner, so there's no evidence that that actually happened. I wonder if, um, uh, what, I, what I do wonder about is that the idea that um, there, there was multiple gunmen. And they talk yep. about, because uh, you, you mentioned this before, and this is the, one of the biggest ones, the multiple gunmen. And the lady, yep. the Bubushka lady or whatever, they keep bringing her up because she was uh, in the, one of the shots and that she might have had a camera and that was never found. Yep. So um, you, you mentioned already about the, the single bullet, but the Bubushka lady, why do you think they never found that footage? And is there any conspiracy surrounding that? Well, it appears that that um, she probably was taking a she had a still camera and not a movie camera. And there was somebody who did go to one of the uh, Kodak or one of the places to get films developed. And they had a poor develop. Um, it was an out of focus picture. So the odds are that that was her. She took a still photo. It didn't come out. And that's why we've never heard about it. What about you? Uh, some people mention that there were other internal factors in play, other people inside of the government that may have been facilitating the actions that led to this because they were investigating Lee Harvey Oswald before. We found that in some of these documents. They had an idea about him and they just they yep. kind of you know, they were looking into him before this. So what about some of those conspiracy theories that there were members of government that were involved in this? Well, it, you know, it's it's easy to, to charge people and sort of say that. The question is, what's the, the hard evidence? 
uh, Lee Harvey Oswald, um, again, the problem with, is how do you get to Lee Harvey Oswald? He was an extreme loner. He, he basically was living in a rooming house in Dallas. He didn't go out at night. He stayed in his room. He read. He had no friends. Um, what's the conspiracy that can get him involved to go and take shots at Kennedy? I mean, how does this all work? It's, it's, it's a very hard problem. Okay, here's another question. Um, why did Jack Ruby shoot Oswald? So there is there a conspiracy about that, his involvement, and why he decided to do that? There was no conspiracy, and there, this is a long story, but Jack Ruby uh, was Jewish. And the morning of the assassination, there was a full-page ad in the Dallas Morning News criticizing Kennedy. At the bottom of the ad, it was signed by this man, Bernard Weissman, who was also Jewish. Jack Ruby saw that. He was quite upset about that ad. And then the assassination happened, and he wondered whether there was a connection between that ad and the assassination. And on the Saturday before he killed Oswald, he actually went to the post office box looking for the person who owned, um, that, looking for Bernard Weissman. Now, of course, they wouldn't give him any information, but he was greatly distraught. And the next day, he just happened to be at uh, the Western Union office across the street from the police station. And he went down that ramp and Oswald was being brought out and he was in a very agitated state. And it was a very impulsive act. And he killed Oswald. So it was an impulsive act. And that's why Ruby could not give a coherent answer as to why he did it, because it was impulsive and as like with any impulsive act, you try and find a reason after the fact. You know, I if I remember this correctly, he was never actually found guilty. Didn't he pass away before the trial was over? No, no, he was found guilty, but then he appealed, and he won his appeal for a new trial, and then he died. Oh, I see. Okay, so I was getting some of the timeline mixed up there. Okay, here's some. These are great text messaging questions. There's a lot of people that are very adamant about this That's good. conspiracy theory. So this is good. Um, here's one. It said, um, how could Lee Harvey fire a bolt action rifle twice in the time that was confirmed by the audio from the motorcycle policeman? Well, first off, the, the audio from the motorcycle policeman has been debunked by the National Academy of Sciences. So that recording was not actually the, the, uh, the assassination sequence. That was recorded at least two minutes after the assassination. So that has been completely debunked by the National Academy of Sciences. I think Oswald had plenty of time to fire three shots. He had between eight and ten seconds to fire three shots, which would mean he'd have to activate the bolt twice to do that, and he had more than enough time. Hmm. Says, uh, here's another text message. It said, so you expect us to believe that a defector to the Soviet Union who at, uh, who, let's see, this is where the text messaging kind of gets weird, uh, worked at uh, a base in Japan prior to Gary Powers' flight, but it, oh boy, this is where it gets lost. So when people text message, it gets the autocorrects and things start messing up. It says, but it helped back. Uh, uh, to America and then not tracked a suspected spy who would treat a potential spy like this. Okay, I really don't understand the gist of that question, but that might make sense to you. <laughs> yes, well, Lee Harvey Oswald was in the Marines for, for three years, and he uh, he served uh, for a while at Atsugi Air Base in Japan, which was where they were flying U- the U-2s out of. 
Um, Oswald uh, didn't know that much about anything, but he was a radar operator. He did defect to the Soviet Union, which caused them to change, uh, which caused the military to change a lot of their codes. Um, he really didn't have much to offer the Soviets. They really weren't interested uh, in him at all. They actually shipped him off to a radio factory in Minsk. Uh, he hated life in the Soviet Union and then had to come back. Um, and uh, nobody ever thought he was capable of violence. Mm-hmm. That's the issue. I, yeah, it's. but they were investigating him before that. I mean, they, well, they the thought FBI he was, was capable of him. something. Um, the yeah. FBI was looking for him. They, 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 he was on the FBI's radar. Um, they talked to his wife. Um, but they didn't find him because it wasn't that important, and they knew that he didn't have a history of violence, as far as they were yeah. concerned. Right. So when we come back, if if you don't mind holding on after the break, sure. I know some people bring up ties to the mob, and that's another side of the conspiracy yep. theory. Uh, some people also wonder what, the things that Kennedy may have been setting up when it comes to war. Um, what yep. could that have played into it? Uh, a grander scheme of things and the people not wanting that direction, not liking it. And could that have been other governments that have played a, a part in this assassination? That's the the type of conspiracies that I want to talk more about. And I know that in your book, and I tell you that people are super fascinated by it. On the Trail of Delusion, again, if people wanted to uh, find it, what's the best place for them to look? Um, Amazon.com has it, and you could also go to my website, www.onthetrailofdelusion.com. Onthetrailofdelusion.com, and author Fred Litwin will join us after the break. We'll take a look at your weather. And if you have other questions, uh, give us a text message, 314-436-7900. We're getting a lot of good text messages in, so keep them coming. It's Overnight America, KMOX. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medella is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. News Radio 1120 KMOX, the voice of the Cardinals. Overnight America continues. All right, let's see. Uh, all kinds of great text messages. Keep them coming. 314-436-7900. Joining us is author Fred Litwin. He's the author of On the Trail of Delusion. It's a book that's out that debunks the conspiracy theories surrounding the JFK assassination. Uh, thank you again, Fred, for spending the hour with us. I love topics oh, like this. This is great. I love it. 
Yeah. So I, you, you spent a lot of time and energy and effort into this sort of thing. I'm guessing you have Google Alert set up anytime a JFK assassination pops up on the Internet. You're reading into it. Oh, every day I'm on Facebook uh, fighting the good fight. Does anything surprise you anymore, or are they just all recycled theories at this point? Well, I think the thing that really gets me down is you could, I could spend a week sometimes fighting a particular point with people. I could even win a battle, and then the next day somebody, will, somebody else will bring up the exact same point. And do I want to fight that same battle once again? So yeah. <laughs> it can get tiring sometimes. Yeah, I get that. All right, so here's a couple more text messages from listeners. And this is much better because I am not as well-versed into this theory as our listeners are because there's some, anytime we bring up a topic like this or just the conspiracy theories in general, it's always bombarded with JFK theories. So this is good that they are listening tonight because uh, they're giving me some great questions to give to you. So one question that came in, uh, have you heard or seen the 88 UK documentary called The Day the Dream Died makes a great cause for more than one gunman and against the magic bullet? I have not seen, I don't think I've seen that particular documentary, but I'd be happy to answer any question from it. Okay, so if the person that texted that in is listening, if you have a particular question from that one, there had to have been a ton of documentaries or just specials in general that have been released on this over the years. Yeah, and if people want to watch a really good one, Peter Jennings did a two-hour special for ABC a number of years ago called Beyond Conspiracy. That is a terrific documentary. And then uh, PBS's Nova Show has done a couple of really excellent shows on the science of the JFK assassination. Here's another one that said, uh, what are his thoughts on the A&E production from years ago called The Men Who Killed Kennedy? Well, the, I, I saw that. Um, the, the, it's, 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 it's a ridiculous series. It's so bad that they were sued and they had to take it off the History Channel. Um, oh, wow. Some of it is just completely defamatory. Uh, a lot of it is really, really bad, bad um, history. Um, I, I don't even know where to, where to start, but um, I would tell people, try to avoid that. There's a lot of bad stuff in that documentary. Then they try to um, say that there's a gunman on the grassy knoll uh, behind the fence, and um, uh, their reasoning is just completely wrong. Oh, what was their reasoning? Well, they, they actually found a witness who claimed that he, he was there and saw this, this grassy knoll gunman, but uh, his name was Gordon Arnold. But Gordon Arnold it was, was a fraud. He was actually not there at all. Uh, there's no evidence that he was, but they bought his story. They even had him crying. Um, on the documentary because uh, when they sort of were, were telling him that he was. It, it's yeah. a really laughable moment. Okay, well, this is good because there's actually a couple of people that are calling in. They said um, they wanted to ask you if that's okay. We can bring them on the air yeah. and have them ask correctly. Sure. This yep. is great. I love it. So Fred Litwin's the author of On the Trail of Delusion. Let's go to Daryl, who's holding on. Welcome to Overnight America with Fred Litwin. Can you hear me? We can. Yep. You got me, Ryan. Thank you so much for taking my call. I very much appreciate this. Uh, I've been wanting to talk about this with the Lippmans and the Posners of the world for a very long time. I will go as fast as I can. Here we go. Uh, Their points about where the shots came from and CIA and mafia connections, all those things can be countered with possible arguments. Those are arguable points. I have to give him that. Okay. I, so I'm going to let that go because I think that's window dressing and doesn't address the core point. Here's the core point. 
I am a paralegal. Here is how things work sometimes in the legal world. Eyewitness testimony is generally considered not reliable. When one person raises his hand and said, I saw a guy who was blah, blah, tall and blah, blah, this, blah, blah, that, he is generally dismissed. If two people see it, then the police are going to pay a little closer attention, as are the DAs. Here's the problem that the Posners and Littmans of the world cannot debunk or counter. Not one, not two, not three, not the single witness that he just brought up. Forty-four people. Forty-four people, including a gentleman who was on the knoll with his back to the fence, who heard the bullet whiz by his head, pointing behind that fence and said, shots came from over there. I'm not denying that Oswald was a shooter. I'm not going to claim that the CIA and the military industrial complex and all that bar stool trivia, Cliff Clavin garbage. I'm not doing that. <laughs> Cliff Clavin. I okay, am well, saying, yeah, I am but saying I, you can't deny what 44 Okay. Got it. Okay, Daryl, thank you very much. So we got your uh, your question in there. We want to make sure we get yep. as much as we can in. So, Fred, yep. you heard uh, Daryl's uh, yep. 40-some witnesses. How can you contest that? Well, it's pretty easy. I mean, look, there were uh, Daily Plaza was a bit of an echo chamber. So it was very, very hard for witnesses to exactly pinpoint where shots came from. Most witnesses thought they came from the Texas School Book Depository, there were a number of witnesses who thought the shots came from the grassy knoll. But here's what's interesting. Of the 150 or 180 witnesses that actually said something, only three to four of them said the shots came from two different directions. Mm-hmm. All those witnesses agreed the shots only came from one direction. So I find that very, very interesting. The other thing I would say to the caller is go online to the House Select Committee on Assassinations, and in one of their volumes, they, got a, they, they, they hired Bolt, Berenick, and Newman to do a study of the eyewit- ear witnesses, not eyewitnesses, ear witnesses, and they concluded that there was no way there was a gunman on the grassy knoll um, because it just would have been too obvious to the people there, and it wasn't at the time. Okay, here's um, a text message that came in, and they were asking if you know the Vincent Bugliosi book, and if you have any thoughts on it. Yes, I do. Uh, Reclaiming History by Vincent Bugliosi is a terrific book. I strongly recommend it. It's a big book. It's 1,600 pages. Hmm. And it also comes with a CD-ROM of an extra 1,000 pages. So it's 2,600 pages, but it's a terrific book. You're a fan of the CD-ROMs, I can tell. This is good. (laughs) Author of On the Trail of Delusion, Fred Litwin, is joining us here. And Jim is holding on. Jim, welcome to Overnight America with uh, author Fred Litwin. Yeah, I've I've listened to a lot of the testimony and everything like that throughout the years. And uh, one thing I heard uh, probably 10, 15 years ago was where a... What the security people behind the limousine uh, dis- discharged his weapon, and that was the one that fatally shot Kennedy. Hmm. And okay. well, uh, they... so, a, a possible security guard or someone in security uh, misfiring could that have been something? Uh, do you, have you ever heard that one, Fred? 
Oh, yes, that's been around for uh, quite some time. There's been a documentary and a book uh, based on that theory. Uh, the problem with the theory is that there is no, there are no eyewitnesses who describe the assassination that way. Not one. Um, I think it's it's just uh, and and then the ballistics don't support it. I mean, you have uh, you you actually have the the gunshot wounds in Kennedy Kennedy and Connolly. Uh, you know the trajectories and you know the bullet fragments and the bullets and where they came from. This is an interesting text message. In fact, I kind of like this question a lot. Uh, someone texted it in. I've always thought that the best evidence against a conspiracy is the fact that the president only decided to go to Dallas a week or so prior to the assassination. Lee Harvey Oswald was already working at the book depository. How could the conspiracy be formed before the president decided to go to Dallas? Well, it's a good question. He's not entirely right. Um, the, the Kennedy decided to go to Texas at the end of September. They didn't have the itinerary down, and uh, but they knew they would go to Dallas. The question is, what would they do in Dallas? It was not decided until a week before that there would be a motorcade. That was the, the thing that was that they really didn't know about. Would they have a motorcade through the streets of Dallas and what the route would be? And by that time, Oswald already did have his job at the Texas School Book Depository. Hmm. Uh, another text message, uh, detailed analysis of the original Netflix, uh, or no, Nick's film. Maybe I'm getting the, the yep. text messages off. Uh, showing the gunman on the knoll, supposedly Danny Ferry. Does that um, ring a bell for a theory? Um, yes. So for David Ferry. Uh, no, it was not David Ferry. David Ferry on November 22nd was in a courtroom in New Orleans at that time. So he was not on the grassy knoll. Uh, the Nick's films does not show a gunman on the grassy knoll, um, the, the granularity of the Knicks film is, is, is not, is not um, you, you couldn't see, you could see whatever you want. You know, it's like a Rorschach test. If you blow it up and look where the fence is, you'll just see a lot of dots um, and you can make up whatever you want, but there's no real firm evidence that there's a, a gunman there. Yeah. Uh, we have another question here, and I think this is a good one. Uh, Kim's calling in. Welcome to Overnight America. Hi, uh, Ryan. I want to ask your guest. Um, I'm a low-vision individual and cannot read um, regular print. So I am wondering, could I get your book through Wolfner Library here in Jefferson City or on Bard or someplace like that? I, I'm very interested in, in history. Oh, uh, thank you, Kim. But Yeah, she was asking about for the visually impaired. Is there an audio version of your book? Not yet. No, there isn't. I have not done an audio version. It's something in the future that I'll have to look into and perhaps do. You know, I'll tell you, Kim, because uh, uh, she called in, but we do have a lot of listeners that are visually impaired, and they do ask about that when, hey, do you have like an audio version of it? Because they're always looking for that when they hear a topic like this. So, Fred, you have a nice voice. Maybe one day you get in the booth and record your book. That'd be great. Maybe I'll make more money that way. <laughs> yeah, you have a whole untapped uh, audience here. Uh, let's go to Randy, who's calling in. Welcome to Overnight America with author Fred Litwin. Hey, fellas. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, my grandfather and his friends used to tell us a story when we were little that there was some connection, and please let me know if, if, if you know anything about this, about Kennedy authorizing $2 million in $5 bills to be printed up to kind of start taking us away from the Federal Reserve and ha start having the uh, our own 
uh, currency printed by the United States and not the Federal Reserve. Do you know anything about that? Yes, and there's no truth to that at all. There is no relationship between the Federal Reserve and what Kennedy was doing in monetary or fiscal policy. There's absolutely nothing there. Wow. Do you think there's more theories on the moon landing or the Kennedy assassination? Oh, I think the, the I mean the Kennedy assassination is a gift that keeps on giving because um, every year there'll be more theories. I mean, you know, you got a theory now that even Jackie killed Kennedy. I mean, I mean it just. It just the longer we go on, the more theories uh, proliferate. Wow. Uh, do you mind holding on one more break? And sure. we have uh, a couple of more questions that are still coming in. Okay. Like Barbara's holding on. We'll get to her after the break. But on the trail of delusion.com and author Fred Litwin, you can find his book there. And as you can tell, he is someone that debunks some of the conspiracy theories surrounding the JFK assassination. If you have any other questions, uh, text them into at 314-436-7900. This is Overnight America KMOX. Now back to Overnight America on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts, michaelsflooringoutlet.com. Now, I saw your text message about spelling our guest's last name so you can look him up. Uh, Fred Litwin, L-I-T-W-I-N. And he's the author of On the Trail of Delusion. You can go to the website there, onthetrailofdelusion.com, and answering some questions about the JFK conspiracy theories that are out there. He wrote a book to debunk those. And Fred, I'm really enjoying the time tonight with people asking you questions. I just, in general, know, does this ever get heated? Do people ever give you a hard time, harass you about these things, or for the most part, oh, are discussions I, I would say on Facebook, I get around three or four insults every day. Oh, wow. That's a you're averaging a lot, it sounds like. Uh, it, but it's absolutely there are amazing some, what people say to me. Wow. But there's some really good questions in here. I'm learning a lot about these conspiracy theories tonight, honestly. Just uh, I'm, I'm more fascinated by the theories than anything else. Um, one person texted in um, Have you seen the movie Greetings by Brian D. Palma? No, I haven't. See, I'm not familiar with that either. And one person asked, uh, how do you account for Oswald being an average marksman? Well, you know, this, that's not true. Um, Oswald uh, was a sharpshooter in the U.S. Marines. And if you look at his scorebook, um, at 200 yards, you will find uh, him hitting the target 49 out of 50 times, in, mm -hmm. right, in the, wow. right in the head. Um, he was a very good uh, marksman. It's just not true. Okay. Uh, let's go to Barbara, who's calling in. Welcome to Overnight America with author Fred Litwin. Yes, I wanted to say, um, see, what happened is Oswald's uh, wife was um, her, her father, and he was married, Oswald was married to uh, his wife, and he, her father was the next president of Russia. And they sent in 500 KGB agents into the United States to, because they were afraid that the, uh, they would be accused of uh, having anything to do with killing Kennedy. So anyhow, the problem was that um, they, um, they have two vaults over in Russia of what those KGB agents found. And uh, I think that Kennedy was in triangulated fire. I think he was because of the Bay of Pigs and because of one other thing, because uh, he he got the missiles out of of uh, out of Cuba with uh, with uh, the president of Russia at the time, and uh, okay. they they had submarines on the in Cuba too. 
Okay, Barbara, very good. Okay, so Barbara talks about some of these other things that were happening historically around that time. What are your thoughts? Well, <laughs> the, the Soviets actually sent a defector to the U.S., Yuri Nisenko, to try and ensure, uh, assure the United States that they weren't involved. Uh, look, the NSA at the time um, was retrieving all sorts of Soviet signal intelligence uh, before and after the assassination, and there was nothing that they found that indicated any Soviet connection uh, to the assassination. Um, it, it would have been madness for the Soviets to, uh, to kill Kennedy. It would have gotten somebody who was more hardline with Johnson. Mm. What on earth would they gain by killing Kennedy? Someone uh, followed up about that movie, um, Greetings, and they said it came out in 68. It says one of the first movies filled with the JFK conspiracy. So that might have been an early predecessor to some of these uh, theories there. Uh, let's go to Ron, who's calling in. Welcome to Overnight America with author Fred Litwin. Yes, thank you. Uh, there were some mysterious deaths after the assassination. Uh, about There were two coincidental. One was the death of Dorothy Kilgallen, a reporter who is supposed to have some expose information. Could you elaborate on the death of Dorothy Kilgallen, the reporter? Yep. So, first off, Dorothy Kilgallen had no information that she was going to divulge. Um, there were these rumors that she had a private interview with Jack Ruby. Uh, that's not true. She never had uh, that interview. And, in fact, she died a natural death. Well, she overdosed on barbiturates. And so we have all the medical evidence, the autopsy. We know what she died of. Uh, that was a period when people regularly overdosed uh, on a variety of barbiturates, and that's what happened to her. And I'm sorry, there's nothing to that theory. Hmm. Well, there was a miniseries that came out a few years back on Hulu based on the Stephen King book. It was 11 yep. Do you get a chance to see that? I, I read the book. Oh, okay. Well, I only watch the miniseries. I'm more of a uh, watch-it-when-it's-available type of guy, but I can tell that you are well-studied on this. But it, So when they dramatize events like this and then they sprinkle in other things that they may have learned, uh, in general, pop culture and the way they look at the JFK assassination, yep. what are your thoughts on some of the things that have been put out there? Well, uh, first off, I have to say I thought Stephen King did a very good job with that book. Um, he actually really went back to... Uh, 1963, and really tried to understand the lingo and the way people talked uh, and the culture at the time. So I think he, he did a very, very good job. It's a very uh, interesting book. Um, look, you know, there's, there's all sorts of stuff that's out there. Um, I, I really suggest that people stick to some of the better documentaries um, and some of the better books. Mm -hmm. One other uh, thing, uh, someone texted in the connection with the mob. So I think we covered that yeah. just briefly, but there's a lot of people that believe mob involvement, and that's the only explanation for it. And I'm sure you yeah. get a lot of that, too. The problem with the mob is the mob certainly had reason to get rid of Kennedy. Uh, Robert Kennedy was waging a war on the mob, so they weren't happy. The problem here for the mob is not only do you have to kill Kennedy, you have to get away with it. You have to be able to control the cover up. And that's something that was beyond the mob. Um, it does no good to kill Kennedy and get caught. It does no good to try to kill Kennedy and not succeed and get caught. And so that's, what I, that's why I think that they weren't involved, that they couldn't control the cover-up um, afterwards to hide their involvement. Wow. It's amazing. Again, um, the type of interaction we're getting tonight on the show, there's so many people that have questions with it. So it's good to point out, again, the website for your book and some of the other 
pieces, uh, you know, literature that you've been working on on the trail of delusion on the trail of delusion.com and Fred Litwin. Maybe that's what you should be doing next. Something you mentioned earlier in the interview, you got to get your book sold, made into a screenplay or something or some documentary based on it. It make uh, I tell you, I make it would make a great story. I make a great little mini series. You know, when you read my book, uh, the, I have some great stories in there. People will be shocked when they read it. Or you could just do a podcast uh, series. You know, like a ten episode mini series based on what you've learned. That would be very popular. I think. That yeah, that's true next... too. That's that's definitely a possibility. I should probably do that. Yeah, Trail of Delusions already a perfect name for a podcast series. You just get some nice artwork and just talk about the most common theories. You can do a top 10 list, David Letterman style almost. And people would love to download that. So there you go, Fred. If uh, you decide to do it, you better come back on the show and uh, publicize it here because I know people love it. Um, Anytime you uh, want me to come back on, I'm ready to come back on. On the trail of delusion, it really does surprise me that you have people messaging you daily, giving you a hard time. I, it's, it just goes to show you the staying power of this theory. Oh, it's it's absolutely amazing. Uh, you know, every day is another day, another day of battle on Facebook. <laughs> it's kind of fun. <laughs> On the trail of delusion.com, Fred Litwin, L I T W I N. Thank you so much for coming on tonight. I had a great time. Thank you very much. I did too. Thanks. And he joins us on the Quiver River Electric Guest Line. Again, we got a great audience here for Overnight America on so many questions. And I knew that this topic would be one that you would enjoy. So I think that we're going to have to do it again sometime, really, truly. So coming up in the next hour, a few things I want to get to, including Brad Young from Harris Dahl Fisher and Young, common uh, contributor to the show, and of course, does all kinds of work here at KMOX. And we're going to discuss that 25th Amendment, the legal cause for it, and just his analysis, I guess, the legality side of things and how that is being proposed to be used. We can take some more of your calls on that, too. We know it is the last show of the week. You know, Thursday night's our last one. We do Sunday through Thursday night. So we'll keep the phone lines open for you, too. Um, you know, some people say, get Trump out. Is this just political opportunist? Is it a real threat? Is it symbolic gesture? What is it? And where do you think it is? So we'll take some of your calls on that next hour, too. I'm Ryan Recker. This is Overnight America KMOX. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. <laughs> 